0: Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA. My name is Kevin Henry, co-founder of Ignite DA. We are ADA SmileCon 22 in Houston in the home state of a dear friend of mine, Dr. Tanya Sue Maestas.
1: Kevin, welcome to Texas. Hey,
0: thank you. You know, I hear the stars at night are big and bright here.
1: <laughs> That's right. D- deep in the heart of Texas. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> well, I I get to work with you quite a bit through our connections through Ignite, but I'd love for everybody to know a little bit about you before we get started today.
1: Sure, yeah. Thanks so much for having me uh, on board today. But my name is Tony Sumayasas. I practice in El Paso, Texas. I work in public health 45 minutes outside of the city in Chaparral, New Mexico. I'm also a part-time faculty member at the New York Dental School in El Paso. And I am a proud member of the Ignite DDS team. Um, David has been great to me. The entire team has been great to me as well, too, in my journey as a dentist.
0: Well, I'm so thankful I get to work with you. And I'm going to have you just move your mic just a little bit sure. closer to you. You That's got cool. it. All right, cool. Um, but, you know, one thing, and I'm just going to brag on you for a minute. You were one of the recipients of the ADA's 10 Under 10. Yes, uh, 10, thank 10 you. dentists, making a difference under 10 years in practice. Congratulations. Thank you
1: so much. I appreciate
0: that. So, You know, I've got to ask you, because we had a mutual friend, uh, Savannah Craig, on the other day, talking about her experience working with maybe an experienced dental assistant as a young dentist. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about that as well, because that show has exploded
1: uh, on both
0: sides. What are some of the things that you found coming into a practice working with assistants who have, have a storied career, maybe? How have you blended in what you do with what they do and tried to learn from each other?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, so in dental school, we didn't have any dental assistants. I know okay. that that can vary from dental school to dental school, but we didn't have any. And so coming out and going into the workforce, um, learning to work with a dental assistant was something brand new to me. Okay. And it was great to see how the dental assistants I worked with adapted to my style and kind of showed me the ropes and helped me learn what the handoff was and make things a little bit more personal. Um, I do have a funny story to uh, to share. I I am not a big bite block user, (laughs) and I had an assistant who would consistently kind of put it in, and I never said anything (laughs) until one day another assistant came over, and and she had requested a bite block for us to have in the room, and the other assistant was like, but uh, Dr. Maestos doesn't use bite blocks. like, we were in way too deep, too many months for me to correct (laughs) it at that point. So we kind of just stuck with it. But that is something that we always kind of laugh about. Because nothing would have happened if I would have said anything, but I had just committed to using that with now.
0: <laughs> moving forward. Well, and, and what does that say about maybe your personality, your working style, that you're like, all right, I'll try something different. Because I know yeah. a lot of assistants, it's like it's my way or the highway right. sometimes. Right.
1: Yeah, I, I think that for a lot of dentists, for most of us, it's we're going to make it work. Okay. So, you know, whether there's a, a burr that you need that may not be in your burr block, um, you're going to use something else to kind of make it work. Uh, but that's just it's kind of a, a humorous story. And, and she was so embarrassed, and there was no need for her to be. Uh, but it's a good story that we look back on.
0: As a young dentist, what have you learned about communication between the dentist and the assistant? And how much communication do you want from the assistant t- to you about what's going on in the practice or what's going on with the patient,
1: yeah, I think communication is key for most relationships in life, a professional, uh, with family members. Uh, I think that that's a way for you to really have recognize what's going on in your practice. And they really are the ones that oftentimes have their finger on the pulse. Um, they're there. They start the day off. Um, they're there. They're probably the first person they see, the patients see, when, uh, when they come in for their appointment. So they really have a, a keen eye as to what's going on. And so I would rather have open lines of communication where we can adjust our strategies if we need to, adjust our systems, um, so that we, we can make a better working environment for both in, in our practice.
0: I know, I know so often that the the assistant is that trusted resource for the patient, and, and the assistant really kind of backs you up if the patient has a question after you've left the room. How do you make sure that, that assistant and you are on the same page whenever it comes to the clinical side of things?
1: Yeah, a great question. I think that for me, when I was coming on board, kind of stepping back and, and listening, um, never to put them on the spot if they were incorrect, but just to listen to see what that follow-up was. Oftentimes patients will ask those questions that either they didn't know or didn't want to ask once right. you leave. Uh, or they think they're going to get a different answer and so listening to hear where we, we were this if we're on the same page or if there's some kind of difference and then educating from there um, and i think that having those conversations after and providing feedback is valuable for both the assistants and for us as dentists
0: you, you know you, you said that you work in public health and yes. I, i'm curious some of the the challenges and joys that come from that in your mind
1: yeah uh, public health is a different It's a different world um, in the sense of how we practice. It it is very busy. Um, We do get some funding from encounters, and so we do our best to see um, what we can to meet those encounter um, goals that we have. Um, But also, many times in a public health setting, the dentists that are out there are the only dentists in the community. So it, it can get very, very saturated and the workforce, there are hiring uh, difficulties. So we have uh, hiring difficulties with getting another dentist and more assistance to come out to the community. So that, that is where our, our biggest struggles are. And that fast-paced environment can be very tiring and stressful on the entire team uh, because we are just moving at a, 100 miles an hour sometimes. And it, it's hard to remind uh, the entire team that we're, we're in it for our patients. And yes, it can be tough, uh, but the service that we're providing is something that many others are unable to do.
0: You know, one thing I've always joked about with the assistants, that they have the heart of gold, the iron bladder, you know, all these <laughs> things. Yeah. And, and, you know, and with the schedule, whenever things get get tense, how do you kind of try to tamp down the emotions maybe a little bit?
1: Yeah, I, I, I have always thought um, and always encourage our assistants to take the time that they need. You know, work is fun, um, but I, I often think that our, our family lives and our home lives should also oftentimes be our priorities. That being said you know, leave emotions at the door, but if there's something that is going on at home or you need to be home with your family or you need to take time for yourself, that mental health I think is something that I try and take a priority for and have no issue when somebody just needs to take a step back. And of course, um, potlucks don't, don't hurt. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Never. <clears throat> so question that I have for you, and, and I know that you work not only, as you said, in the United States, but in Mexico as well. Mm-hmm. And w- there was a dental assistant that I was talking to her the other day, and she was asking me about skills for the next decade or so, a young dental assistant. And, and one of my biggest thoughts was to, to learn another language, to yeah. become bilingual. Mm-hmm. How And I know where you are that's so critical. But, yes. But what would you say to those who maybe are thinking about taking that next step to communicate better with their patients?
1: Yeah, learning another language is just essential, in my opinion. For me, learning Spanish and being bilingual has been such an asset. Um, not only for you know my regular life, but to connect with patients. And I saw that beginning in dental school. I would say that many of the requirements that I was able to finish uh, were because a Spanish-speaking patients patients preferred to be with a Spanish-speaking provider. And now in public health, where we are now in a very rural area where many of the patients are migrants, I would say that 90% of our week is probably speaking in Spanish. And dental Spanish is tough. Dental English is difficult. So dental Spanish just adds another (laughs) level of difficulty. And though I am bilingual, there are times that I get kind of stuck with what I'm saying or patients will use a different kind of dialect. And I'm like, I I don't know what that means, but we're going to figure it out.
0: Could you talk a little bit about working with migrants and some of the things that you are seeing? As far as are are they apprehensive for care? How do you connect with them? I'm curious. Yeah,
1: I would say that oftentimes uh, our first connection with many um, patients in our clinic is through an emergency of some kind, and starting with patient education is really key. Uh, Helping them understand why it's important to come to the dentist is is really important. And I would say that the majority of the patients are very welcome to that information that we have to share. And, and building that relationship to move forward and make sure that they feel comfortable uh, is key for me. So I would say that they, they have been pretty open for it. There are definitely others who, who will just choose not to understand it and not to move forward with that kind of um, uh, relationship and going to a dentist and seeing a doctor. But it's just because that's not what they they're used to.
0: How, how do you kind of get your team on board to start the day or to start the week maybe? is there Are there certain things that you run through so everybody's on the same page?
1: Great question. So, <laughs> it, you know, I have always um, struggled a little bit with uh, like a morning huddle. Yeah. I, I don't think it would work well in our practice. Uh, we've tried it before, and it was a little bit more chaotic than efficient. Um, so the day before, we usually look at the day that's to come for the next day, and we we and we plan out the day. We kind of talk about what patients are coming in, what cases we need to get ready, and if we need to move anyone around. And so that for us has been really key. And so that is a conversation that we I have with my assistants. And if we need to bring the front desk in, we usually try and do that. Um, and then we try and meet you know once a month when we can to just um, see what's going on right where we can fix things and kind of move on from there i do think that daily huddles are important and work in in many practices but for us that's that's not really their efficient way but looking at things but the day before really helps
0: so i asked you a little bit about communication earlier but i'm curious when questions pop up in the assistant's mind do you want them asked at that time at the end of the day what what's kind of your preferences the dentist to kind of make sure everybody's on the same page as the day goes along
1: yeah, I think that um, I, I welcome questions at any time. I think that when we're, we're providing patient care, if there's a question about like, what's going on, I maybe would not want it in that in- instance, but if we could do a recap right after seeing a patient, that can always be helpful. Um, but my door is always open. and always open to questions in ways that we can collaborate uh, just to make the day better and, and make the schedule kind of flow a little bit better.
0: So if you had some advice to give yourself five years ago, about things that you know now, and maybe it's that dentist sister relationship, what would, what would you go back in time and do?
1: I, I would probably tell myself that um, not to be afraid to say what my preferences are um, and, and to kind of find a way to mesh with the assistants. Uh, while that was welcomed, I, I was very timid and was open to kind of just going with the flow. Knowing now that I could kind of tell them, hey, I want to try this system. This is what I want to put into place. And they would find a way, most assistants will find a way to adapt to that mm-hmm. and not uh, be set in their own ways.
0: Okay. You know, and some of the conversations I've had in recent podcasts have been about training for assistants and making sure that they have the skills or, or whatever necessary to accomplish what you want them to. What role do you see the dentist providing in that training versus somebody outside of in the industry? and And do those come together at all?
1: Um, I think they do. I think that it, that it's great to have some foundational knowledge coming in um, to be a, a, an assistant. But I think that if you want to create a certain culture in the workplace and a certain vision, the dentist has the lead role in doing that. And making sure that your assistants are on the same page, I think, is great. So that way you can have some sense of uniformity when you're seeing patients and providing care.
0: Do you like as a dentist being the leader?
1: do enjoy it. Okay. I think that there can be difficulties. Um, we're only women in our practice, and um, it, it can be a little bit – it can get a, l- a, a little – tension. there can be some tensions I'm in the area. I'm not touching that. Yeah. <laughs> not
0: at all. No. And so it can,
1: it can be hard. It can be hard. And I, can, I often feel that being as another woman, it may feel that maybe I'm playing favorites when I'm trying just to level the field. Uh, and I've heard this from other um, women in different practices as mm-hmm. well, too where oftentimes there may be a husband and a wife running a practice, and that those assistants or those team members will come to the female dentist instead of going to the male dentist. And I think that that needs to be kind of a uh, collaboration. Uh, But that can be tough. I think that managing any tensions as a leader can be difficult.
0: You know, and one thing I've talked to a lot of veteran assistants about is that you, you are very much the face of this next generation of dentists that's coming up. While I was at the 10 under 10 ceremony yesterday, I noticed the majority were female. You know, the majority have already started a family. They've already started their practice. They're already moving forward. And, and I think that that's something we have to be prepared for as an industry and as, as an assisting uh, audience as well, that, that this next generation coming in is a different mindset. And, and it's something that there's going to be a little bit of time to need to blend those mm-hmm. in the practice as well.
1: Yeah, it's exciting to see that the face of dentistry is changing. I agree. I, and I hope that we reach that change a lot quicker than we are. I think that if we want to be representative of those who are graduating, uh, things need to change a lot quicker. And I, I think that organizations like the ADA and others in organized dentistry are, are playing their part to help um, change that face of dentistry.
0: Last question for you. What, what's the biggest piece of advice you would give to an assistant listening to this about working with a young dentist?
1: I like that. Um, I would say that, you know, we got to remember that collaboration communication are key. And I think that being a, a guide and someone that the dentist can look to for guidance in a clinic that they may be coming into is really helpful. Uh, but also being willing to adapt to something new is extremely helpful as well
0: so appreciate you being on and, uh, and I'd love for our audience to know because uh, I know our audience loves to reach out to our guests afterwards because there's always a question I didn't ask that they want to. So is yeah. there a way for them to reach you yeah, to ask sure. a question?
1: The gram is the best way. Okay. tsmyestas.dds. Yeah.
0: And I know that, you know, worst case you can get to Tanya Sue through Ignite DDS on Instagram or Ignite Dental Assistance as well. So, you know, again congratulations. Thank you so much. And I just want to say I'm glad that face of dentistry is changing i think that it's it's a real exciting future for for what we're going to be doing here
1: i'm i'm excited to see what the future brings in thank you for having me today
0: absolutely and thanks to all of you for listening to this episode we so appreciate you being on and we love that people like tani sue have that that heart for dental assistance as well and, and it really is about collaboration in the practice so until next time kevin henry co-founder of ignite da signing off and is always reminding you that together we rise